tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, 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 we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink. And welcome to Tim Fall Hat. You know I am. You know I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. That's right. Sorry, my horse is... Sorry, my voice is a little hoarse from dropping the hammer to gods in Arizona. Thank you, Bisbee. Thank you, Tucson. What a fun time. Packed crowds. Got to see old friends, or at least tried. And, you know, here we are. Joining me, as always, is my good friend and yours, Johnny Wooder, Jay Nice, how are you, buddy? Sounds like the horses left the barn, is what it sounds like. Yeah, it did. Johnny, how are you? How's your weekend? I'm good, man. Uh, yeah, good weekend. Uh, basketball, a little stressful, but we we pulled it out. Great, uh, great, great weekend. And a little then nervous. Also, little nervous. About, big show oh, today. Good show. Oh, I'm nervous about the basketball. Yeah, but big show today. I I'm uh I love this topic. This is one of my favorite topics. So I can't talk enough cryptids. Cryptids yeah. is definitely if that was one of the my whole show. Ones. I would be fine with it. Yeah, yes. I would be fine. And we had Lon Strickler on. Uh, he comes and he does a great presentation. It was a real fun conversation, and it goes deep, man. It's a. It was real, real fun, man. Uh, if you want to see me live, I'm going to be live in uh, Texas at the end of the month. I got some great gigs coming up. I got great gigs. I go to Texas on, I'm going to El Paso on April 8th. And then I'm going to Corpus Christi on April 9th, two shows there. Then I also am going to be in, okay, April 23rd. I'm in Baltimore. Tickets are moving pretty cute. Oh, excuse me. April 22nd, I'm in Fredericksburg. And then April 23rd, I am in Baltimore. And then at the end of the month, we're going Chicago. Okay. I'm doing, I'm going Palmdale, Chicago on the 29th. And which is going to be great. Two shows with Eddie Bravo. Those are really great. We got the live show stand up and then we're doing swarm tank where you get to talk to us, ask any question you want of us. We do a whole thing in that. Uh, yeah. And that, and then I'm at float fest, uh, on April 30th. So just go to samtriply.com for all of your tickets. Okay. Uh, we have some great, I have so much awesome content going on Rockfin. R-O-K-F-I-N. Uh, premium contents there. I'm putting almost, I'm putting six episodes, almost seven episodes every week on rockfin.com. Just go, here's what you do. You just go to samtriply.com. You can go find all my Rockfin shows there. Just click the banner. I'll take you right there. If you want t-shirts, just go to timfullhattshirts.com and you can grab t-shirts there or you can go to samtriply.com. I have so many other shows other than this show for free content. I have seven podcasts and you can find them all at samtriply.com. Okay. 
Uh, so now I want to get into something. Uh, a week ago, we did a podcast and we had opened it up that we were pretty somber because we gotten some, you know, pretty sad news. Well, that sad news was that our good friend, uh, you know, off the grid, Ryan, who was a big part of the show and uh, of Tim Fall hat, have found out his brother had passed away, Scott Davis. And we're all devastated here. And we're super sad for all the Davis family. And, you know, Ryan doesn't have any social media, but if you could put his brother in your prayers, uh, please do that. Now, if you want to help off the grid, because we love off the grid, uh, there's a Scott Davis Memorial Fund. Uh, and here's what I want to say. Scott loved tinfoil hat. Scott loved tinfoil hat. He would come to our live shows all the time. He'd come see me at the comedy store. He was such a good Dude, real, real class act. He was a uh, golf pro at a local, uh, you know, club, golf club. And uh, I mean, dude, super sad, man. I just seen him like a week or two before. Super happy guy. And, you know, just for him to have, they found him. Um, they lost him in the night, so. We just want, we just want, if you, if you love the show, if you can make a donation again to the Scott Davis Memorial Fund and uh, the links in the description. And uh, we just love to help out off the grid. We love you very much. If you guys could just keep Scott Davis in your prayers, just keep the, keep the Davis family in your prayers. That'd be greatly appreciated. So uh, please enjoy the show. Uh, it's wonderful. We could do a deep dive into some cryptids and also mind manifesting of cryptids. That was awesome. All right, guys. Hope you enjoy the show. Uh, we enjoy doing it. And we will hopefully see you in Texas soon, everybody. Go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. All right, guys, let's get into it. Since we just did a uh, Bigfoot episode and everyone, I mean, excuse me, Dogman, we uh, got a great response on it. So we decided uh, we'll, we'll circle back, get into some more cryptid stuff. I, I figure there's not enough cryptid talk in the world. We need more and more and more. And I'm very excited to have this next gentleman on. He's been involved in just all this amazing cryptid work. His... Uh, his research started, he started a blog in 2005, man. He's a, he's a publisher of the syndicated phantoms and monster blog. Very excited to have this guy on. Please welcome to Tim Foha, Lon Strickler. How are you, brother? I'm doing fine. Lon, thanks for joining us. We really do appreciate that. No problem. Uh, hey, so Lon, for our listeners who may not be familiar with you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where they can find you? Well, I've been involved with paranormal since the mid-70s, so I'm dating myself. Um, I, um, I, you know, I, I first started out with, I'm an intuitive, and I first started out doing um uh, uh, infestations and, and hauntings and clearings and such. And, uh, until I had a Bigfoot encounter back in 1981 in, in Maryland, where I was living at the time. And, uh, I later had a, a winged humanoid encounter in 1988. So, you know, that kind of got me going with the, uh, these cryptids, uh, cryptid beings, 
And that's kind of been the main focus of my investigations and research since. And though I, I still do a lot of hauntings, like, you know, investigations, but it's kind of a, an eclectic uh, uh, number of different types of investigations and research things that me, my team and I actually do. I have a team, FAMS Monsters Fortune Research Team. We've got 17 members. Damn. And, and uh, also have a, an affiliate. Uh, groups, which is over 25 groups nationwide, well, all throughout North America. So we try to, <clears throat> when we get reports, which I get a lot of, uh, we try to get boots on the ground for as many as we can. So that's basically what we do. And of course, I do a lot of the reporting and um, of what we're involved with. And uh, we've had some major cases over the years. And in fact, we've been on the uh, ground floor of this. Uh, Chicago Mothman phenomenon that's been going on really starting in 2011, but since 2017, it's picked up. And uh, we're at about 140 reports that we feel are credible. And uh, most of the activity at this point now, since October 2019, has been in and around O'Hare International. Wow. So basically, the Mothman's pretty ballsy, right? Because he's going into like big cities, especially like Chirac. Right. I mean, everyone's getting shot in Chicago. Now we got the Mothman showing up being <laughs> tough guy. And it's like it's but it's like you don't see a lot of cryptids in big cities. Right. No, this is probably the first one and only one that I know of where we're getting a concentration of sightings in and around a large metropolitan area. And uh, it, it, it's, it's been it's it's been a real enigma from the very beginning. Uh, we're starting to, I think we're starting to get closer to answers. Uh, I think much of this is a, actually originating in or around the, uh, the O'Hare International area around the airport for whatever reason. Uh, it, it seems that um, these beings may very well be ultra-terrestrial beings and they're coming in through some type of portal or gateway or opening uh, at the airport. And uh, this seems to be where the concentration of sightings are are. Uh, happening at least now but we've had sightings within 250 mile radius of the city ever since this all began so uh yeah we, we're we're very uh uh avidly involved in all this and uh we, we try as much as we can to get people on the scene and talk to the witnesses and to document everything that comes their way. Hey, everybody, I want to tell you about our friends at Coinbase, okay? Have you ever identified as crypto curious? Have you ever thought about entering the world of cryptocurrency and felt a little overwhelmed? Coinbase makes learning to buy and sell simple, okay? Coinbase offers a trusted, easy-to-use platform to buy, sell, and spend crypto. They support the major popular cryptocurrencies on the market and make them accessible to everyone. They offer portfolio management and protection, learning resources, mobile app, so you can trade securely, monitor your crypto all in one place. Millions of people in over 100 countries trust Coinbase with their digital assets. Whether you're looking to diversify, just get started, or search for a better way to access crypto markets, start today with Coinbase. For a limited time, new users can get one $10 in free Bitcoin when you simply sign up at coinbase.com slash tinfoil. Sign up at coinbase.com slash tinfoil for $10 in free Bitcoin. This is for a limited time only. 
So be sure to sign up today. That's coinbase.com slash tinfoil. Cryptids are like uh, like coyotes, man. They're just coming deeper and deeper into the city at this point, right? You're like, yeah, okay. I guess you can say that. <laughs> it, it's not a, you know, it's not a, a a rural type of thing. I mean, cryptid sightings have been, you know, everywhere. I mean, there got to be people there to see them to, to have them reported. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, our our civilization is turning into more of an urban. Sub- uh, civilization more residential and uh yeah these things make their way in there so so i want to get into the mothman but you said something when you were kind of giving us your history is you had a you had a meeting with a winged creature well yeah. and it was and it was a cryptid uh-huh. uh, can you tell us a little bit about that yeah this happened in 1988 uh i was living in maryland i was living in baltimore uh I had I was born and raised up here in Pennsylvania, but I had moved down there after I got out of high school. And uh, I was at a uh, Boy Scout exposition outside of Baltimore, and I happened to run into a friend of mine from back in Pennsylvania who was in Boy Scouts with me, and he was a troop leader by this time. This was twelve years after I left there, and he um, he and I started to talk a bit had sat down, had something to eat. And, and he knew I was involved with the paranormal because frankly, he, he used to spend time with me out on the Gettysburg battlefield a lot. When we were kids, we used to tamp out there and we used to see a lot of different stuff out there as well. So, uh, so he knew what I was involved with. Well, anyway, uh, he, he told me, he said, you know, we've had some scout troops packing up and leaving out of the old camp Conewago this past summer because they keep hearing a screaming sound and they're freaked out by it and they don't know what it is. So uh, he asked me, he said, well, would you mind going along with me and another gentleman to look into this? I said, sure. So that next weekend, that next Friday, I met them up there. And this is a place I was at many times when I was a kid. So uh, we hiked into the woods and set up camp, and we had three tents set up, fire going and such. And that first night, it was pretty uneventful. Didn't hear much or see much of anything. Um, so uh, we just sat around the evening, didn't do anything, woke up next morning. And it was interesting. The guy who was with us asked, well, did you guys hear anything walking through the campsite? And I thought maybe it was one. I said, I did. Yeah, and I did. Uh, I thought maybe one of them was getting up to use, you know, the latrine or some, but I didn't think anything of it. And there was nothing disturbed in the campsite. So we went ahead and, and set out that day and did some hiking in the woods. And we were out a good long time. I mean, we got back and we're just starting to turn dusk and, um, it was about six, and we sat down and started eating and started, you know, how these guys get together and just sitting around talking. And uh, we were there until maybe like 10 o'clock that evening, and then we heard a screaming sound. And it was coming from deep in the woods, and it sounded like something was moving about, moving in and out, or flying about. But, you know, it, it from what we heard, that could have been anything. It could have been an animal because there's a lot of wildlife there. So we didn't think much of that. But about an hour later, we heard it again. And this time, it was much closer, much louder, blood-curdling screaming. It sounded like a woman screaming, a child screaming. And that caught our attention. 
So um, we all decided, well, we're going to stay up the night and see if anything shows up. So <laughs> what, dude? You're yeah. Like, so okay. we're we're sitting around the fire and uh, talking and keeping an ear open and. Um, you know, we just, I, I just, my legs got sore. So I was standing up, walking around, kind of stretched my legs. And I walked out onto the trail, which is right. Bes- we had the campsite, the, the trail. Then on the other side of the trail was the uh, Conewago Creek. Uh, and it was a fairly well-lit moonlight night, you know. Um, so you could see into the woods and on the creek and stuff. So I walked back, I, you know, and I was out there. I just had this weird feeling. You know, I told you I was intuitive, but you know how people, how you get just like something's watching or something. So I went back and, and said, hey, let's go out onto the trail a bit and just walk up and down, see if we can come up with anything. So, you know, we all grabbed our flashlights, walked out back to back on the trail, and we didn't get far away, really. We just had a couple steps out there, and we all noticed to our right, something with red eyes i mean these were very oh bright my red eyes God. it was just like it wasn't like it was something reflecting it was like something was projecting light and it was right in the middle of the creek and by the time we got our lights on this thing it, it jettisoned itself up into the air let out a sh- horrible screaming sound and then flew away and we could hear it as it went away so we hauled ass back to the campsite sitting there my friend wasn't talking he was freaked and uh the other guy who was with us said um did you see something on its back and i I did it looked like some type of wing structure on the back but i never saw any wings come out you know i never saw anything unfurled so uh anyway uh they you know my friend wasn't he wasn't speaking and he then he piped up and said look i'm not sleeping here tonight i'm going up in the administration building to spend the night yeah so yeah. they both went up there I'm and listening uh, to this. i'm like this is like every black comics joke about white people like they hear some <laughs> crazy shit yeah. and then they're like let's go investigate well I mean, that like- was me because i wanted to stay and see what it was <laughs> you know this is what i do so um but nothing else happened that night it, it was quiet so 20 years later <laughs> I'm working on doing the blog, you know, by that time. And um, a few people that I knew knew about this story, about this account I had. I had never published it before. So I went ahead and wrote up about it, uh, put it out there, and I started getting responses. And, in fact, somebody who had lived at Dick's Dam, which is just upstream from there, emailed me and said that he'd been hearing a screaming sound for over 20 years, didn't know what the hell it was. And... um, he, he said, well, maybe I have an idea what it is now. So, But not long after that, I got another email from a, a scoutmaster. And he told me, he said, you know, a couple of weeks ago, my my uh, troop and I were out at Conewago. And uh, it was this afternoon. My, my boys were out on the trail just screwing around like they always do. And he said they came running back, screaming and carrying on, and told me they saw what they called a dragon. Oh my God. And he said, well, I thought they were screwing with me, you know, you know, how kids are. And, um, he said, I didn't believe them, but they were frightened. So he said, I didn't think much of it. So, um, but now he read what I wrote 
And uh, yeah, so he thought, well, maybe they were serious about it. So in the meantime, now, since that, since 2008, I've had five or six sightings along Conewago Creek of this thing. Now, Conewago Creek extends out several miles west and goes eastward back towards Susquehanna River. So it's about a 25-mile stretch. But I've had several people contact me about having encounters with this thing uh, along the creek. So, so I mean, we're living in crazy times right now, right? Mm-hmm. Are you seeing any uptick in encrypted uh, sightings? I am in a way, but I think it's more, more has to do, has to do with more people seeing this stuff on the internet or less inhibited about coming forward. You know, there was a time where you had to pull teeth to get stories out of, you know, encounters out of people. Uh, But I think nowadays people are more open to it. But of course, when you're getting sightings like what we've been having in Chicago and, uh, people are seeing the same thing and they have no idea other people have been seeing it and they contact you and tell you the same story. Well, well then you, you got to figure something's going on and uh, that's what we've been doing. Yeah. With other cryptids. Yeah. It has increased overall. It has, but like I said, again, I think it has a lot to do with people being more open-minded about it. Do you think this is a uh, moth man is a uh, man? Are we misgendering him? And also, uh, do you think there's more than one? Oh, I think there are a lot of different winged humanoids. I mean, you can call them all but in man. terms of Chicago. Do you well, think Chicago. Yeah. One, I, yeah. I, I think it's, thing? uh, overall it's, uh, it's, it's a faction of, uh, ultra terrestrial beings. I think there are several different ones. Uh, I think there are individuals, uh, that may look different than the other ones. Um, you know, just early, even early on when we started looking into this, I, I thought we had at least three different winged beings being seen in and around the city uh, for a lot of different reasons. You know, some were a little bit different, some acted different, some uh, were in different locations at the same time. So I figured, uh, yeah, we had at least three of them. But I, I'm, at this point now, I, I think we may be dealing with dozens of them. All throughout awesome. Chicago? Pardon? All throughout Chicago? All throughout that upper Midwest area, yeah. Can, can I can I ask? Uh, we we had like like Sam was saying, we talked about Dog Man last week, and mm-hmm. uh, that name Man is kind of included in that just because it's bipedal. But it seems yeah. like with this with this creature, it's included in that because there's some intelligence implied, right? Am I am I right about that? That it. What do you? Or is no, it they're bipedal. But what? No, they no. But, but, but what what I'm saying is, it, is it? also intelligent it seems like you might be thinking it's like sentient is that right uh i don't know i think they have uh, some supernatural aspects to them and um mm. have some type of maybe technology involved with what they are uh okay. deeper instinct maybe uh they can and i i'm gonna go out on a limb here because we have talked about this in the past that we have backed off a little bit we have had contact with some of these things. Um, really? Yeah. And it's something we've been working on more intently since uh, around July and August of this year. And uh, we have uh, some individuals on my team who are highly intuitive and, and psychic. 
And uh, they have been communicating with a few of these beings uh, by name. And um, it's interesting because I I know they're not, I, I know these folks are not pulling my leg because we have, we have had instances where they have been contacted at the same period of time. And, uh, and, you know, it, you know, very just long distances apart. And they have told me what has been said to them without them communicating with each other. So, uh, I, I know something's going on now. It has kind of lessened lately. And I think there are some reasons behind that but i'm just not going to really go into that because we're kind of at this baby step uh level right now where we're trying to gain trust and uh and trying to get more information as to what's going but but several people on my team have been have had uh, encounters with these things even one it was at least a physical encounter and uh, so what you're saying right now is that there's also been people who've communicated with these creatures mm-hmm. and it's through telepathic, uh, telepathic, physical contact. Uh, you know, I, I, I hate to, I hate to say channeling, but that could very well be as well. You know, channeling just does not, uh, uh, stay just on the, the spirit realm uh channeling can be done through some any type of ethereal or some type of being from another reality or another dimension uh it's almost like remote viewing but um yeah it, it's happened oh that's incredible yeah so and I- this is what this is what we're working on now we're um you know this is kind of like the third stage of what we've been doing from the very beginning and um <clears throat> we're getting more and more into it and it, of course the, the sightings are still continuing uh, but because of that we are handling it in a different in a different way in, in order to uh kind of meld the whole uh the whole thing together um you know some of the sightings that we've had out of here by um individuals who work there by pilots air traffic controllers tsa people other security people as well as there's been some UFO uh, sightings out there too, associated with these, as well as other humanoids, it seems to be some relationship, but uh, not for not for what people may think. I think th- there there are factions working against each other with this. Um, I don't think the UFOs and these these ultra terrestrial beings have any connection with each other. They just seem to be. Uh, fending against fending for themselves against the other. Hey guys, I want to tell you about our friends at Bluetooth. That's right, it's time to get off the couch and start dropping the hammer of the gods on your ladies or your men or your lady men. Whatever you're into, we don't care. Blue Chew is where it's at. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in a chewable form. (laughs) You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity comes. You never know. Chicks will throw ass at you, and you got to be ready to rock and roll, okay? The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're, you're approved you'll receive your prescription within days okay best lines best part all done online don't have to wait in line don't have to visit the doctor don't have to sit at the pharmacy wondering what the chick in front of you is getting you don't have to worry about it at all okay blue chew is 
made in the USA, American boners for American men, for American ladies, unless you're a part of the small percent that's in the dudes, and then it's American dudes, okay? Because our gays are the best gays, all right? That's a USK, USK, USK. Okay, so here's what's happening. <laughs> You got a special deal for we got a special deal for you guys, okay? Try Bluetooth free when you use the promo code Tinfoil at checkout. Just pay five dollars shipping. That's it. All the boners you want for only five bucks. That's bluetooth.com promo code Tinfoil to receive your free what your first month free. Visit bluetooth.com for more details and important safety information. We thank Bluetooth for sponsoring this podcast. Okay. Uh, hey, guys, I want to tell you about our friends at Super Speciosa. Okay. Listen, the government doesn't want you to know about this stuff. So that's how you know it's natural and it works for you. Okay. Kratom is an all natural herb related to coffee plant that has been used in Thailand for centuries. Kratom helps energize your mind, relax your body. It just helps you feel good. Okay. Super Speciosa has only one ingredient. Pure Kratom Leaf. All Super Speciosa batches come with a certified lab report so you know exactly what you're getting, okay? None of this riffraff street shit, all right? Real stuff for you, okay? For beginners, Super Speciosa recommends capsules because they're easy to use. They also recommend the Green MD strain. It's one of their most popular and best-selling items. If you don't like the way you feel, you can get your money back guaranteed. They also recently made a change so that the promo code we're about to give you can be used again and again. Okay, so I, here's what I want you guys to do. Try Kratom and you'll get 20% off. Go to getsuperleaf.com slash Sam and get 20% off the promo code Sam. Okay, that's getsuperleaf.com slash Sam and use the promo code Sam for 20% off. Lon, let me give you my interpretation of, I think we live in a realm, okay? And this mm -hmm. realm is where all these interdimensional beings come to just kind of mix it up. Almost like, you know, the Royal Rumble at WrestleMania, right? They show up and it's like Dogman, Bigfoot, Mothman, and they all just come and mix it up. And sometimes they mix it up with each other and sometimes they mix it up with us. And it's just a giant Royal Rumble. What do you think of that? I think most cryptids that we know of, even some of these humanoid beings that people may call uh, extraterrestrials or aliens, I think they're all ultra-terrestrials. And I think they, terrestrials. I think they have the ability to move in and out of dimensions, their dimension and our earth plane dimension. I think we're very linear, very close. And um, I, I, I think that's what we're seeing. You know, I, I just like the Bigfoot in, in particular. I think there are areas where Bigfoot like creatures are indigenous. I mean, they, that they live in groups that they live on this earth plane like in the Pacific Northwest, down in Florida, maybe around the Gulf Coast, maybe some areas up into Canada. But for the most part, when Bigfoot sightings are made, they're usually of these singular beings that are very fleeting. Uh, they seem to disappear quickly. And um, a lot of times when they look at you, they act like they're surprised that you can see them. And um, I, I think 
that these beings are ultra-terrestrials and that they show up, aren't able to show up, they have some aspect of the supernatural with them to where they can move in and out. And in fact, I, I think they cloak as well. I think this um, there's, a, there's, a, uh, there's a phenomenon called Glimmerman effect, uh, almost like the Predator movies where these, um, uh, these glass scene-like looking beings are seen. I think uh, for the most part, th- these are cryptids that are actually camouflaging themselves and they're shocked when they, we could see them i think so i think many in many instances they are and do you think uh their technology is why we can never uh really get a proper filming of them i don't know if it's technology or it's just their supernatural abilities that, that calls that um yeah i've always wondered why very few photographs or films uh are stable enough that we can make a you know make a clear uh description of what they are occasionally we get one uh but and for the most part they're usually what people call blob squatches or something else it's just not clear um i i think because of their abilities i think they have they have some means to maybe distort that or distort their sightings physically i mean uh visually uh, i think that many of them possess possess the um some type of um uh, infrasound uh, there are many instances where people say they encounter these things and they just literally are told or realize that they should not even be encountering these things and back away from them so um yeah, I, I think I think for the most part, much of what we see and that are reported to us in all f- different aspects of the of cryptids and the paranormal, I think a lot of that's there's a fine line between all these things, and I think a lot of them are coming here from from other uh, from other dimensions or re- may possibly realities. Is it that if if you don't believe in it, you can't see it? Is that your belief? Is that I think because like if I tell you. Uh, a certain kind of fact and you don't want to believe it you'll never understand it and if you don't believe in a bigfoot or a mothman you'll never be able to perceive it if if it was in front of you i don't believe that's the case i mean okay. when i had my my bigfoot encounter i i had never even thought about seeing a bigfoot let alone believing or investigating them hold on you saw bigfoot yeah i had encountered 81 God dang, man. Talk to me about it. Well, I was living in Sykesville, Maryland at the time. This was 1981. Uh, I was fly fishing in in the south branch of the uh, Patapsco River, which is in in this area I've been to many, many times. And it was a May morning. It was May 9th, 1981. I was out there. I was in my boot mount, my hip waders and um standing in a river and i happened to notice on the north the north bank this dog just moseying around on the bank and he went for me i mean this at this point the river is not too wide so uh i just didn't pay him attention then i heard a yelp i heard the dog let out a yelp and i looked over there and i saw something standing up into the weeds and uh, the weeds were kind of chest high to this thing and uh I didn't know what I was looking at. I mean, it was 
it was hairy. It was dark in color. And, uh, you know, so I kept watching it and this thing moved to my left and walked out of the weeds and turned and looked at me and it was completely out, out of the weeds was standing on the riverbank. Uh, it was about eight foot in height. It was, um, very muscular, definitely a male. I could see the genitalia in this thing. It had a, uh, a body that had lots of matted hair on it. Uh, but the head in the fit, now the head was conical in a way, but the face looked like, and on what I described as Neanderthal looking it had a very large, uh, brow ridge, but the face itself looked more human than it did ape. And we were very close. I mean, I, I'd say it was within 40, 50 feet of me. We were really close. Uh, and I mean, to the point where I could hear it making a clicking sound. And I thought it was not, you know, at the time, I didn't know what that was. But as time has gone by, I've learned that people have heard these things making these clicking sounds. I think they gnash your teeth. Uh, when they're in a nervous situation or, or something like that, they don't understand. They, they, they gnash their teeth. It's almost like a reaction to seeing them. I, I did get a, a, a whiff of like a fox urine smell, but nothing. Yeah, did they stink? I hear they stink. Well, some people say they do. Some others don't even say, say they don't even smell anything. I just happen to smell a um, like a fox urine smell, something I used to use when I go hunting. I put on my shoes to mask my odor. Uh yeah, it was nothing more than that. And we, we stood there for about a good 10 seconds, and it just turned on dime and walked briskly up into the woods. Now, of course, I didn't know what the hell I was looking at. I've heard of Bigfoot. I mean, this was back in, you know, early 80s. So, you know, of course, we knew about the Boggy Creek thing and all that, but I didn't really think much about it. So I, uh, I, I dragged myself out of the river, got up to my car, and drove into town. And it was only a mile drive, and I got to what, the. the go was ahead. this after or before the Mothman sighting? This was after. I mean, this was before. This was seven years before. Oh, this was so Bigfoot was before Mothman. Yeah, the Bigfoot was the first cryptid sighting I ever had. Oh, snaps! How so, old were uh, you around then? I was. Uh, Twenty-three. Damn. 22 something like that yeah and uh so um i i drove into town and i found the first phone first pay phone i could find and i called the local cops and i told them what happened uh you know they were kind of nonchalant like you know yeah okay you know so i they said well the girl on the phone said well look go ahead and drive back to where you were and we'll have somebody meet you there and i'm thinking to myself I don't want to go back there. Christ, I don't yeah. know if the thing is going to come back out there at all. But I got in the car and drove back. And like I said, no more than a three-minute drive. And when I got back there, there was already a Maryland State police officer there with a, one of those, those uh, wood barricades across the road. Because there wasn't a really wide road. It was, you know, a country road. But you know, this barricade was across the road already. So I pulled up, and he said, you got to get out of here. I said, well, look, I had just called Sykesville police and they told me to come back here and wait for y'all. He said, I don't care. He said, you got to leave. I said, okay. So I didn't argue with him. So I turned around and got out of there. So, um, you know, I went home. So about an hour later, I decided, well, shoot, I'm going back up there and see what's going on. <laughs> so I drove back up 
And when I got up there, about a quarter of a mile from where it happened at, there were cars already lined up and down the road. And I parked the car, walked up to the, where the barricade had been. And then, then there was a Howard County police officer standing there then. And uh, I was looking out and I mean, there were people everywhere. There were um, these guys with dogs, must've been a half a dozen out there. They had a big white tent set up on the opposite bank where I had my sighting. Uh, there were state police there. There were county police. There were federal federal officers there. They, they used to drive as black wagoneers back then. They weren't SUVs, the wagoneers. And um, and I did hear a helicopter, but I didn't, you know, I didn't see anything. So anyway, I asked the the cop. I said, "So uh, what's going on?" He started laughing. He said, "Well, somebody said they saw a Bigfoot." And I'm thinking to myself, "Well, I'm not telling this guy what I I'm the guy made the call." So um, I said, "Oh, okay. Well." I stood there for a bit, then I walked back, got in my car, and left. So when I got home, I started calling the local television stations, which there were three I called in Baltimore at the time. And they all sounded very interested in what I saw and everything. They said, well, give us a day or two to dig into this, and we'll get back to you. Okay. Well, four days later, I haven't heard anything. So... I called one of the stations up, talked to the news editor, and I, I told him who I was. He said, yeah, uh, we don't want to talk to you, and hung up on me. So I said, okay. So oh, then I knew something weird. was up. Uh, so what I found out later, you know, after all these years, and you know, I really got interested into all this then. That's when I, you know, there had been – in the early 70s, 72, 73, there had been sightings of a Bigfoot in that area of Sykesville, and they called it the Sykesville Monster. And uh, it, it made national news. I, I'd never heard of it. But um, this, this, uh, this being, this Bigfoot-like being, was breaking into homes, chicken pens, garages all up and down the river. Now, this part of the river... Uh, was a was a ma- mostly African American neighborhood, and I happened to work with one of the guys who um, lived there, and he introduced me to a lot of the people who had been involved with the earlier investigation, which was what eight years before that. And I, I did I got I got some really interesting information from people, and I, that I was hooked. I mean, that's where I really got into it. In fact, I was finding people who I'd never made reports before. Um, so, uh, Hold on. yeah. Did, so, did you, did you, are there a lot of uh, black people that see Bigfoot? Very rare. Like you were talking about, very, what did, what well, do you think that is? It, and how long to Jordan Peele does a movie on? <laughs> I, uh, you know, even in Chicago, we've had a few black uh, black witnesses. We have, uh, but uh, you know, as as overall, we we haven't had that many as far as the paranormal sightings. But you know, we have. I mean, I I lived in that community. My 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 wife of thirty three years was African American, so I was involved with a lot of the family, a lot of the the, the community. And, uh, you know, so, you know, it was kind of easy for me to get 
to go into there and, and do these type of investigations. So um, as and as time went on with this uh, with these this incident of mine, I, I con- was contacted by one of the local police officers who verified what had happened that day. And it turns out the BFR eventually, after they started up in 95 and started putting reports up on the Internet, uh, that there had been a report about three miles downstream from where I had my sighting that same day, earlier that morning, uh, a woman who had seen a Bigfoot. But that still doesn't explain why the government and all these people got involved with it. Now, my best my best recollection or thoughts on this is. The area that area is between Baltimore and Washington. It's you know it's a very strange area for people who just don't know anything about the government and the powers that be. There's a lot of different facilities out in the boondocks that people just don't know what they are. And that that uh, Patapsco River is no different. There are there are research facilities all up and down that river and all different parts of. Uh, around, you know, these suburban areas of Baltimore and Washington. So I believe, and I still believe this, that this was a, um, this was some type of being from an experiment or some type of project they were working on that got away. Dude, that fits into all of the, like, you know, the, uh, uh, what, what's that movie? Something things. What is that on Netflix? Stranger, stranger things, things. stranger things. No. Yeah, that fits into that Montauk. I went I went and studied the Montauk monster and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That fits right into it, which leads into my next question is, have you ever been visited by men in black? And who do you think the men in black are? Are they humans? Are they CIA? Are they interdimensional? I have been visited by government people. Uh, if I get too close to something in a case, that's happened a couple of times with me. And what but I've never had a... a I never had a men in black encounter. I mean, you know, not from what people describe it to be. Uh, no. And I don't think the, these men in black are humans anyway. I think they're, I think they're uh, non-terrestrial beings. I think they're kind of the cleanup crew for when people see stuff uh, from whatever alien race or whatever alien faction is involved with maybe a UFO sighting or an encounter. Uh, and because a lot of times when these people have these men in black encounters, it's it's not too long after they've seen something. And in fact, many times it's before they even had a chance to report something. Um, I mean, a couple of minutes or 20 minutes, 30 minutes after the sighting, these guys show up somewhere and say, hey, you didn't see a thing or this and that. And, you know, so I think they're kind of the cleanup crew. You know, in the movies, you see them with the, the flashy thing and knocks. Yeah, I, I think they I think they literally go in there and tell people you just did not see it. And they are somewhat threatening. And what, what do you think is the purpose behind the U.S. government not wanting us to know about Bigfoot, not wanting us to know about, you know, aliens and stuff like that? I think I think maybe aliens, of, but cryptids more important. I, I think it has a lot to do with um well, it could be a lot of different things, but I think uh, how how our government is is set up that, uh, and I have nothing against people uh, trying to protect wildlife, protecting things, but I think if it's established that there are some of these things living in an area that <laughs> things may laws may be passed to protect them, 
And when every time that happens, somebody with money gets screwed over and then there's a big hubbub about it. And uh, I think that might be one of the reasons behind it. Uh, you know, there are some states now who unofficially recognize these beings and, uh, you know, kind of ask people to leave them alone. But uh, as far as on the federal level, I, I, I think they're going to try to keep most of this type of thing quiet to kind of um, to kind of dispel anything or, and uh, start some type of ramification that'll end up in hurting people with, you know, people, the powers to be to lose money and to lose property and such. Do you think that any of this wildlife stuff is about protecting these cryptids? Possibly. Like in terms of like, you know, we we have a, there's a bunch of discussions on Eisenhower and his his meeting with the quote unquote uh, in, interdimensional beings with the Nazis project high jump and his deal he made with them about mm-hmm. our national forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you ha- do you think there's any validity to that? Yeah, I think there's some. I think Eisenhower did have contact with these things, but I. You know, it's never really been established as to where and how the whole thing came across. There's a lot of speculation. Uh, but uh, I, I think that him and maybe other uh, governments have had encounters with these beings and have deals and such. You know, p- of course, people talk about the Nazis and all of this. I, I think they did. I think they did receive some technology to help advance them to a certain degree. But fortunately, they never got anything that was going to cause any real damage uh you know uh, like the nuclear weapon or something like that or some type of uh weapon that would you know you know make things go easier for them Uh, but i think i think there is i think there really is some proof that are some you know i don't know conjecture you want to say that they they did get some help down the line somewhere uh, do you think that there's anything to this missing 411? Yeah. Yeah, I think there is, but I, I don't think it is what most people think it is. Uh, what do you think it is? Is it I Nazis from the future? <laughs> I think it's, um, I think people are, are literally mm-hmm. walking through portals by accident or, or actually going through some type of a rift, uh, unintentionally and are are lost. Um, You know, there are thousands, tens of thousands of people go missing every year worldwide that are just never accounted for again. I mean, there could be a lot of reasons for that. Uh, But when it comes to what what David Pilates and others have been reporting in these, these parks and areas around the United States, which includes a lot of children, be going missing uh yeah I, I think there's i think there's something to something opening up and swallowing people up somehow uh, i just don't think it's bigfoot or some creature or aliens taking them i'm not saying it doesn't happen but i think that um i think for the most part it has something to do with some type of dimensional riff now have you had any any of these uh cryptids communicate with you Outside no. the clicking, nothing. But nothing. have you talked to people that have had communications? A few. And, and what do they say it's like? 
Well, they talk about this, something basically that they're being told to back off. Like, I think it might be like infrasound or something to, to that effect. <clears throat> Some people think it's psychic connection, ESP or something. I don't know what it is. But I think it's, um, I, I think I think they have the ability to kind of ward people off and try to warn them before they do anything that they really would regret. I don't think they're aggressive for the most part. I just think they want to be left alone. If they're here from another dimension, they're here for a reason to do something and go back. Uh, I, I don't think they, I think they try to avoid any type of encounter. Yeah. It sounds like me with Croft Maga. It's just, I don't want problems, but we can do it if you want to. And then I kill people with my hands. Um, so it's, so is there like one of these cryptids, that you really are like it's your Moby Dick where you're like, I got to see this creature. And and let me start this before, before you say that, is there one creature that you're tired of hearing about? You're like, Oh my God, I just saw this like cross-eyed monkey running through uh, the job. And you're like, I don't, I don't want to hear about it. Uh, No, no, I, um, you know, I'll be honest with you. I give every person benefit of the doubt at first. And, uh, you know, when they, I figure if they take time to call me or contact me, I'm part of the, I'm part of their, their encounter. So I give them every benefit of the doubt until I figure out otherwise that they're not telling me the truth or what they're telling me is just not true. So, um, yeah, I mean, and look, there's just a lot of weird stuff that happens. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, you, you just don't. In it's it's at the point now we really when I say enigma that's that's a perfect word for it because I, I think a lot of the a lot of the paranormal cryptids the whole the whole ball of wax are connected somehow. Uh, we have encounters where people will see I have a Bigfoot, then they'll see some type of orb, or they'll see a UFO, or you'll have a haunting, which will turn out to be some type of extraterrestrial or non-terrestrial being being involved with it i mean there's just a lot of things that overlap with each other uh as far as myself no i i I, the the only being i really don't want to have an encounter with are these upright canines these dogmen i just i i just don't like the whole uh, the whole thing about that um dogmen seem nasty well they they are they stand their ground they don't necessarily seem that they're they're going to attack people but uh they do stand their ground and i've had you know i do we've done a lot of investigations here in pennsylvania for uh, the last seven or eight years now and uh we've had some pretty credible sightings and though they're all anecdotal you know it's just that the way these things act you know, react to people like we've had hunters that have literally walked up to these things by accident and uh, they'd be armed and this thing is this nine or ten foot dog man is standing in front of them uh yeah they're gonna back off and um you know nine or ten shot feet? at it damn dude how do you accidentally walk up on a dog man well, you know, and you're out in the woods and you've got things are camouflaged. You get something that's kind of just poking out of a, a bush or something. And it's not too hard to walk up on it. We've had people who had these things literally manifest in front of them. Uh, so there's a lot of different things. I, I, I just like most cryptids, I think there there's uh, 
supernatural aspects to them as well. I think they have abilities to move in and out. And, uh, yeah, I think that's how they show up. Have there, have there been any wars that you've heard about? Like any, like, Dogman versus uh, a Bigfoot? And it's like Alien versus Predator. Shit, what was that show on MTV? Like, that claymation show where they used to have celebrities fight each other? Yeah, like they should it's do that. Match. <laughs> yeah. Cryptid. I have match. only ever heard of, well, you, you hear a lot of anecdotal stuff from the past. Um, I, the only one I know of in recent times was um, a habituation area up in northern Minnesota where there were concentrations of Bigfoot and upright canines, and they occasionally had a clash, territorial-wise. And I had an individual who lived there who told me that uh, he had other people that come onto his property and, and verified it. So is, is that is that what you're talking about? I don't know. That's, that's the nearest that I've ever had as far as any confrontation. I, I do believe... And when I'm talking about, I'm talking about here in Pennsylvania because we have a lot of mountain ranges here, uh, you know, the Appalachians, the Alleghenies, and such. It seems to me that the um, when these cryptids, if they do travel or do move at distances, the Bigfoot kind of seem to, and other cryptids kind of seem to move in valleys along rivers and creeks and stuff. The upper canine, upper up, upright canines seem to go to higher ground and move across. They kind of hang onto the ridges. Um, that just that's just my my thoughts. I mean, it just what people have seen and reported. Uh, I think they do avoid each other. I really do. They got like turfs and shit. I, they may, they may. I mean, I I think they know how to avoid each other. I, I think they. I think they are aware of each other, where they are at. Um, but I, 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 I don't, I don't think they like to intermingle. So, what, what is your Moby Dick of cryptids that you haven't found yet, but you, you are sure it's out there, and you want to see it bad? Like, I don't know. Nothing. No, nah, not really. See- I, you know, I hear so many things. I just wrote a book uh, about these uh, pale crawler humanoids. Uh, that people are seeing now more and more in the past decade. Uh, like people call them rakes, flesh gates, this and that, you know. I, um, flesh gates? Yeah. I'm not familiar they, with this. They're more like a... Um, the, well, the p- title of the book is The Mean Humanoid. And I believe that these beings may actually be some type of thought form projection of a meme. Now, when I say a meme, a meme is internet-driven. Yeah. Slenderman, right? That's what you're talking about? Yeah, like Slenderman. Slenderman is a perfect example. Um, But people have been seeing in all areas of North America, especially, these thin, emaciated, hairless, and very pale-colored humanoids. And they just seem to spring up from nowhere. Now, are they... Ultra, ultra terrestrials as well are they indigenous or are they thought form projections mind manifested beings oh, i don't know man do you think but, that happens like we manifest these animals oh i think i think thought form manifestation is a is a reality i really do i i think uh that not only cryptids but for the most part 
some um, uh, ethereal type of uh, hauntings and such like poltergeist. Poltergeists are not actual spirits. Poltergeists are both form manifestations. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So look, this is some like Ghostbuster stuff. Like, well, don't think anything bad. Here's the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. <laughs> now, poltergeist, you know, when you get into a poltergeist situation or into an investigation, which I've been a part of a few of them, <clears throat> when you go into when you go into the location, many of the times you're dealing with some type of energy that has been manifested by someone who's living unconsciously. Now. There, there may be a dysfunction, problems within the family, illness, uh, death, other things, but they, you get a combination of a lot of different factors that may call a, one of the living beings, one of the people who are living there to do an unconscious mind manifestation. And, uh, when when you do realize when you do investigate and, and realize that this is the case, it's not a matter of me or someone else just going in there and, and getting rid of it. it. Can't be done. Uh, th- this has to be done by the person who's actually doing the man manifestation, the thought form, and uh, you've got to work with them and realize what's going on and try to cure what the problem is that, that when you have a dysfunction family or something that's that causing crazy. this type of thing yeah that is crazy that is like literally like you know you see this in the hollywood movies all the time manifesting like almost like a make-believe friend but it becomes like this dark entity yeah. that you are you are creating and and it's just wreaking havoc in your world so how often there are, was an experience i'm sorry i, I, I could can I just say real quick, how often are exorcisms actually just working in the mind of the person that's manifesting like many what, times. what you're saying? Most many times. Okay. Many times. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, I, yeah. I can't do exorcisms. I won't do exorcisms. You know, if I get to, if I get a case where um, <clears throat> where I believe that uh, an exorcism, exorcism is is warranted in, in a look, I'm not a religious person. I don't buy into the whole mumbo jumbo as far as the Catholic rights and stuff, but you know, I don't go that level. I let them handle that thing. Yeah. But uh, I, I think from priests who I've talked to who have done exorcism, even, even Lutheran pastors who have done them to a certain degree. Uh, it has a lot to do with literally going in there and you know, getting them to realize that there's something else causing what this is. And a lot of times it has to do with the mind. The mind itself is, does a lot of weird things. And, uh, you know, it's not just the so-called devil or the so-called demon that's causing this. A lot of times it's something that's it's manifested unconsciously by the, the victim. Now, do you have, uh, I mean, are you a religious man? Has this caused no. you to, you don't believe in any God or anything like that? Well, you know, I was Are you an atheist? In, I was born and raised in a very conservative Lutheran environment. Uh, and I, as time went on, I, I kind of saw that, you know, it, it just did not answer my questions. And uh, I am very spiritual. I believe wow, in respect. angels, not in the religious sense, 
but I believe in um, I believe in certain beings, non-human beings that are there to help us. But again, it's not in a religious texture. I mean, it's um, I, I believe that I believe in guardian angels. I believe we all have guardian angels. I believe we have something there actually there to help us, to guide us. But it's, it's not a matter of that God sent these angels down to help us do this and that. I think these are beings that have always been around. Uh, they may even be extraterrestrial. They may be some type of being that comes from another realm. Yes, that's what I believe in. <clears throat> so I, I consider myself a spiritual person. Me too, dude. So, I mean, let's get into that. I often believe that this is like a, we live in a haunted house. And uh, there are entities here to kind of jack our loose and stuff like that. Like we're getting into cryptids. Are lizard people cryptids? Well, it's something that's unexplained by science. So that's cryptid. Yeah, dude, you heard it here. Lizard people are cryptids, dog. Okay. And they're out there. They're just doing shady stuff. What's your thoughts on the lizard people? Well, it depends what you're talking about. You're talking about the ones that are that are supposed to be some type of hybrid that are living on earth, like uh, the lizard man from South Carolina or that. Well, I'm talking about the queen, but you know, yeah, but you're t talking about reptoids or reptilian type non-terrestrial beings. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, those very well be real as well. Have you ever ran into anybody that's seen them? Yeah. What, that, what, what stories they tell you? Oh, well, that they are, this was part of an abduction scenario that has lasted now for almost 15 years with an individual I know by the name of David Eckhart, who lives down outside of Pensacola. He and his family have been involved with several, many, tens, many uh, abductions. Hold on. What do you mean and by they've been involved in abductions? They have literally been abducted by reptilian and uh, other forms of extraterrestrials grays if you want to call them that that have literally take taken them from their home through a portal into another realm <clears throat> i contacted david after several years of this going on with him him and his family so i i he put up a, a video of a small humanoid like being that was standing in the doorway of his bedroom uh bedroom bath the bathroom in his bedroom and it was just a few clips that he uh, he stitched together, but it was something he captured on a camera, on a video camera. So um, I called him, and then he and I started talking. You know, at first when I started talking to him, I thought he was actually having a some type of haunting and such going on there. And it almost took six months or more for me to realize that something else was really going on. When he started feeling more comfortable with me then he started showing me what he was gathering as far as vis visible uh visual evidence uh photographs uh audio evidence and such and uh literally what was going on he first of all he had had he had had uh crippling rheumatoid arthritis very young guy too at that time and he's not the first person to go through that. I've talked to a lot of experiencers who've had the same thing happen to them. You get abducted and you come back better. Yeah. Now You're for like him, you it, abducted it, it, and you you got a better credit score. <laughs> I don't think it works like that. Okay. Uh, but no, he was being he was being taken to these other locations, and um, 
<clears throat> to this day, I don't think he really understands why he was chosen to do this. Um, you know, he was shown like underground areas like caverns and such where these, these reptilians were literally living in family groups, <laughs> uh, where they, they had other extraterrestrial or other beings, including humans doing slave labor for them. Um, uh, yeah. And, uh, oh he's taken, he'd been taken to underwater locations uh, but he believes all the locations that he was taken to, except for one that he thought was on the dark side of the moon, some type of locality there. Most of these locations were on planet Earth when he gathered. Now, why he was chosen to see this, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Uh, over the years, I have um, I have written here and there about what is going on and. um and quite frankly, there's a lot of stuff that I have not disclosed that I really don't believe maybe people can handle at this point. But let's, let's put it this way. There are people who are taken and just not returned that are just disposed of. And he he swears that he's seen this. And uh, But I write about it in the book. I mean, it, it, I have a whole chapter on there just about him and what he's gone through. But, uh, yeah, I still talk to David a lot, and uh, he still has encounters. Uh, they they literally come into his home. And does he have any say? Or, 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 like, does he have, like, a... Very little. Some kind Seems of like calendar they got to sign up for? Every time he pushes back, they do something to change his mind. Uh, they have they have a habit of stealing stuff and bringing stuff back, to for whatever reason. And... Um, yeah, it's just it's a, it's a crazy situation. So you you get people contacting you all the time. What mm -hmm. is the craziest story you've ever heard? <clears throat> as far as aliens, anything. And then I want to get an aliens line. Okay, well this this is an this is a possible alien story, but it has to do with an abduction. <clears throat> About ten years ago, I contact I was contacted by a woman whose name was Mandy. Uh, well, well, that's the name I gave her and, uh, her mother. Now they lived together in a home right on the Eastern Washington, Idaho border. They were like no more than a mile away from the border. So when they went out to their yard, they could look to the East and see the Coeur d'Alene mountains in Idaho. Well, anyway, she, she had had a series of things going on and, uh, she wasn't really getting much help, wasn't getting much answers. So she contacted an investigator in, in Spokane, Washington, who told her to contact me. So that's how I got the phone call. Well, anyway, this is her story. She, um, <clears throat> they had been, they had been going out during the summer and into the yard at, at night, and they were noticing these red and white lights hovering above the mountains. And uh, they didn't know what they were. They didn't know if they were UFOs or what they were. But they, you know, they saw them. So a couple of weeks later, they they had a, a late dinner one night, and they were in the kitchen cleaning dishes when they started hearing these popping sounds. I got to get a drink. Excuse get me. Drink, bud. Take your time. They started hearing these popping sounds. They didn't know what it was. So. She looked out of the kitchen 
window and saw these red, little red and white orbs out there all over the place, floating everywhere. So she walked out <clears throat> onto the back porch and she saw every time one of these, these red lights and white lights collided, they made a popping sound. And she was freaking out. She didn't know what the hell this was. So she ran back in the house, ran towards the living room, looked out the bay window and saw that they were out in the front yard and across the road into the, the field as well. So they didn't understand it. And then they, they were going to call the police, but the phone was dead. So this went on for, I, I think she told me it went on for like half an hour. So then it stopped and then the phone came back up, but there was no evidence of what happened. So she said, well, her mother said, well, she's not calling the cops about that. So anyway, that was the first thing that happened. So not long after that, they were, um, they were uh, going to, uh, well, they were at home. It was at night and uh, her mother had gone upstairs to go to sleep. And uh, Mandy stayed up to watch some TV. I think it was. And then she went up and as she was walking in the hallway to her bedroom, as she stepped in the bedroom, she started hearing these footsteps on the roof and in the attic. And of course she didn't know what it was. And then the lights went out. And all the electricity, the telephone, everything went out. This woke her mother up. She came running into Mandy's room. So they're sitting in Mandy's bed for like an hour. And they looked out the window and they saw all these red and white orbs again out in the um, out in the yard. And they heard those popping sounds and they're hearing footsteps uh, scampered about in the attic and, you know, on the roof. So they didn't know what was going on. They were freaked out, too. This happened, I think, a couple of times. At that point, they called me. <clears throat> and, you know, they, they started asking me questions and telling me what was going on. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't have a real good feeling about it. Uh, I didn't want to scare them. I, I, I didn't tell them that this might escalate. The only thing I told them was, look, keep a journal. Give me a call back tomorrow. Let me know what's, if anything happened tonight. And uh, we'll go from there. I talked to them for about three hours. I'm trying to calm them down. Uh, but, you know, what can you do? So anyway, so <laughs> I was expecting to talk to them the next day. Well, I didn't get a phone call. And in fact, I didn't get a phone call until <laughs> five days later. And it was a Sunday night. And uh, her mother called me. And I, I answered the phone I, I, you know i recognized the number and she said yeah i'm sorry we didn't she was really polite too i'm sorry we didn't call you we had some things going on and um mandy's missing and oh said, my what? god and, and she said yeah and then she told me what happened that same night that i had got done talking to them mandy had gone up into her bedroom I don't know how late it was. She was up in her room and she was up there a while. And when her mother came up to go to bed, she walked past her room and she saw the light peeking out from underneath the door. So she knew she was up, but as she walked there, walked past the light went off. So she thought she went to bed. So she knocked on the door to check on her <clears throat> and she opened the door 
and flicked the lights on and there was nobody there. So she, she thought, well, maybe she's in a, she had a bathroom attached to the bedroom. So she called for her and there was no answer. And she went in and looked around. She's nowhere to be found. Her pocketbook and everything is there. Uh, she ran around the house yelling for her and such and no answer. She went outside. Her car was sitting there. Nothing. So she contacted the police. And, of course, the police told her, well, you know, she's an adult. You know, she may have took off with a boyfriend or something. You know, how they give, you know, give me that crap. So they they didn't really look into it. And they took a report. But, of course, nothing ever came of it. Um, so I told her, was, I said, well, look, if she shows up, let me know. Um, keep, me in, keep me appraised of what's going on. Well, I, I never heard back from her again. Uh, I, I did hear from her later. Uh, and I, after I had called the state police, maybe four or five years after, and I had been keeping up with it. And th- there was never, never anything. She had never shown up. She was actually a school teacher. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, she never showed up at work, never showed up for anything. And that's been 10 years ago. I checked not long ago, and she still has not been, has t- never turned up. There's nothing on credit cards or bank accounts or, or ever showed up. Her mother has passed away since then. Oh my uh, I God. do know that. And there is somebody else living at the house. So uh yeah, I I you know, and I'll be honest with you, that case almost did it for me. Cause I felt bad about it, you know, like, but what was I gonna do? You know. And you, you do get the you do get these situations where you, you kind of feel guilty about things, but you know, you can't really do much about it, but it does, it does shock you to the core. I mean, you know, and you think about it, I, I think about it all the time. That's just, that's a crazy story. That's super tragic. That sounds like a lot of this missing for what it does stuff. happen. It does happen. Yeah. It's dangerous. People right? go missing all the time and they just don't know what happened to them. And have you ever heard about someone who went missing and then somehow showed up years later? Sure. And what are their stories? Well, I, I guess it depends on the situation. I mean, a lot of times these people don't even remember anything that happens, just like it was the next day or the next hour. You know, they go through a regressive therapy. Maybe they can recall something, but for the most part, it just does not work. I went. Oh, <clears throat> are you nervous about ever going disappearing? I figure at my age, they're going to take me out of it, so I ain't worried about it. <laughs> like I just go for the ride, enjoy the probing. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, so, do you? Um, you're a ghost man too. You're you're into ghost hunting. What do you think ghosts are? I think they're a manifestation of spirit energy. Uh, ghosts are nothing more that I believe than the life force of a dead individual uh, that remains on this earth plane. And that hauntings, for the most part, are these these spirit energies trying to communicate with the living. Uh, it doesn't turn out good all the time. Sometimes it turns into a lot of noise, a lot of knocks, a lot of different things that scare people. So then they call in investigators. <clears throat> I always think that somehow they, all these ghosts usually come from what seems like some violent ending and that the transfer of energy, your soul back into the universe gets knocked out and you're stuck in this kind of netherworld, neither here nor there. And it's hard for them to get back. 
Well, that can be, you know, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I think what happens most of the time is that let's say somebody dies suddenly or they feel like they have unfinished business before they die and that their energy stays dormant, stays stationary into an earth, this earth plane in our plane of existence. And they're trying to get people to acknowledge that they're there. Uh, so people may get touched. They may see things move. They may see electrical disturbances and such. Um, and so that's the haunting. That's what causes the haunting. So, uh, yeah, I think that turns up a lot. And, um, you know, we have been called on in cases. I have done cases where we have uh, tried to move on these, these energies into another level. Uh, I, we call it spirit rescue. Basically, we're rescuing the spirit from this, the earth plane into another level, another existence to where they can reside or whatever happens to them there. But it's got to be a much easier existence than what it is with the living. Uh, you know, I've heard comedians do this joke before, but how come ghosts always look like they're from the 1800s? <laughs> well, that, that's a little bit of theater you're talking about. Okay. It just doesn't have that way. Do you, you ever see millennial ghosts? Not necessarily. Have you ever seen full form ghosts? Full form like manifestations are very rare, but I have had, I saw my aunt after she passed away. And that was a full form manifestation, full figured manifestation. She came back. Mm-hmm. She came, actually came back and saw myself, my mother and my grandmother all at the same time. And we were with all like 40 miles apart from each other. Wow. Do you think you just have uh, like uh, an in- intuition for this? Instance? Well, I think I'm a beacon. I think I, I, I think I drill spirit energy for whatever reason. I'm an intuitive. I can sense spirit energy around me. Um, you know, I, I have helped a lot of people over the years when they have issues involving spirits. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm what I call a beacon. And, and a lot of times when you're working with people, they're also beacons. They're, they draw a lot of this stuff to them. You know, I, I work with a lot of kids. Uh, you know, if I get into a situation with a family <clears throat> where they're having issues and kids are seeing a lot of different things and then as they grow older, they continue to see them and start to realize that uh, these energies are drawn to them. I, I have worked with several children over the years to try to, to explain to them what's going on with them. Now, a lot of times it, they'll grow out of it and they're just, you know, as, as as life goes on, things happen. You just forget about that. But, you know, many of these, many of these kids have turned into very, very talented psychic mediums and intuitives. And, uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, that's, that's a gratifying thing to me. Can I ask you, I, I want to ask you what this sounds like. It's, a, it's, I, I related, related this story a few times here on the show. Uh, my, my father and another guy in our family had the same experience in the same place at different times and didn't talk about it until years later. And the other guy's still really afraid of it. They saw in while driving over this bridge, not far from where they live in the back seat, you know, the thing you hear about red eyes, white hair, old lady, terrifying thing. They saw it separately, which makes me think disinclined to think that it's some mental, you know, uh, manifestation. 
Uh, what, what would you what would you think that would be? Well, I mean, they went into the same area where this thing may have resided, um, uh-huh. uh, and it it you know, it's nothing unusual for people to experience the same um, the same type of manifestation at the same area at different but, times. Oh, I guess That's what I mean unusual. is is that is that a living is that again just like a remnant of something that was alive, or is it is it more likely to be something trapped in that place? It, it's it's likely an earthbound spirit. Okay, so but something that is is very it's not a re- real. it's not a residual, it's an actual okay. real energy. Okay, you know? okay, okay. Interesting. So so Lon, you know, we're coming here to the end. We're gonna promote your books a little more because I know mm-hmm. you got multiple books going on. Lon, uh being a ghost hunter, is it easy to uh, get ladies? Like no. are the ladies like no. is it hard? like what's your lady think about you know, because I'm a comic and Sometimes we're like, when are you going to get a real job? Do you ever get that from the like, when, when are you going to focus? you going to go work at, man, run a subway or something. I had, like, I had real jobs all my life until I was disabled. So I'm, I'm on disability now, but, you know, and I've, but I've always done this along with my other jobs. And uh, it's kind of become more prominent as years have gone by that I'm kind of here at home doing what, doing my thing. Uh, I know it's, it's, it's not a means to find companionship. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. It's gotta be, maybe we should start a, like a dating website for like <laughs> cryptid ghost hunters. You know, if you're in the Bigfoot, yeah. you swipe right. If you're in the, if you're in the Mothman, slight more. Um, so, so if we want to join your like cryptid fight club that you started with all these little fight clubs all over the place where we can go around and we can hunt stuff together. How will we join that? Well, you know, if, if anybody is interested in becoming part of our team, uh, there's a process uh, and it's all team based as far as uh, acceptance and such. Um, I, I look for people in areas where I have need or I don't have someone that can actually go in looking. But if, if somebody is very talented, talented enough that I can use their services, I will put them on. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, like any other group, there's an attrition rate. You lose people, there's people for death or whatever reason. And um, so, you know, you're always replenishing your, uh, your team. Uh, but they can just contact me at Lon Strickler Phantoms and Monsters.com or they can go to Phantoms and Monsters.com and, and click some of the links to where they can contact me. Start their own group in different. Do you, is it based on city? Is it based on cryptid? Like, can Portland have like ghost hunters and Mothman hunters, or are they, is it just one group? It's just, it's just one group. But I've got a lot of people that specialize in different phenomena. Uh, I have I have a woman up in in Oregon now who does Bigfoot and UFO. So, um, but you know it just depends. I mean, I uh, I have a lot of people who um, who do one thing and then they get more interested as the group as working with the group, seeing what we're doing and they get involved with it. So, um, you know, it's 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 like a progression thing. Lon, if you could sit down and have a chat to chat with one cryptid, like a real conversation, who would it be? Oh, I'd be who a wing humanoid. Yeah, I'd be a Mothman type creature. Mothman, all, everybody. Bigfoot, Mo- uh, Loch Ness, they're all sitting there. You're like, Mothman, you're up first, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that whole phenomenon is uh, that's something I've always been interested in. And I've been fortunate enough to be able to have an encounter 
and to actually be involved in one of these unbelievable cases like we're into now. Well, Ron, uh, excuse me, Lon. I know you have a couple books. What are your books that? What are, what are the different books you have as we wrap it up here? Well, I I had written nine books, but damn, they only have four in print right now. The the one book is the um, uh, Mothman Dynasty: Chicago's Winged Humanoids. Uh, that was the first book about the Chicago phenomena. Then I wrote a book called Alien Disclosure. Uh, experiencers expose reality, and that has all the cases I've worked with uh, experiencers, abductees. What we had talked about is all in there. The second book was uh, Winged Cryptids, <clears throat> and the beginning of the book talks about uh, the next series of investigations involving Chicago phenomena. Then I have other cases involving winged humanoids and winged cryptids. And then my last book, my most recent book, is The Mean Humanoids, Modern Myth or Real Monsters. And all of that can be found at Amazon. Just put Lon Strickler and search my name and uh, they'll come up. Uh, and what is your website? It's phantomsandmonsters.com. And the team website is cryptidhunters.org. And my radio show can be found on... Uh, it's every Friday night live at nine o'clock. We found at Fams and Monsters Radio on YouTube. And and uh that is uh what central time? I don't know where you're looking. Eastern time. Eastern nine o'clock every Friday, Eastern. Eastern time at nine o'clock. And what is the name of your YouTube channel again? It's uh Phantoms and Monsters Radio. Phantoms and Monsters Radio radio wow man i really enjoy these cryptid talks johnny you got any more questions or ah, we... no no that was great fantastic yeah it was great thank you so much lon for coming on it was an honor and a privilege uh if you ever make it out to cali you're gonna do some ghost hunting i would love to join you okay you know bring some ladies we'll go hunt some ghosts bro okay are you in are you in? okay uh, i i i yeah i i can get it i can yeah. Yeah, that's all I needed here. I okay. get it. Respect, okay. Lon. You're a G. Thank you for coming on. It was an honor and privilege to talk to you. Guys, I love you very much. I love you very much. Thank you for tuning in. I hope to see you guys in Texas in two weeks. Eddie Bravo, myself, XG will be in El Paso and Corpus Christi. And if you could help out, if you could help out uh, off the grid, we'd really love you. Okay, so thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you, Lon, again, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. We go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack, Tim foil hack.